this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. From the Old Testament book of Psalms, Psalms 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He, will, he who keeps you will not let you slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He'll keep you alive. The Lord will keep you and you're going out and you're coming in from this time forth forever and evermore. This is the word of the Lord. The, the psalm we're looking at tonight is Psalm 121. And starting at Psalm 120... There's a section of psalms that are called the Songs of Ascent. In short, these are songs that Israel, as they marched to worship the Lord at a certain destination, they would sing. It encouraged them, it reminded them of their faith, and and it was a, a good thing for them to do. In the same way, good songs keep us going on the right path. Good songs will allow us to stay focused on what God wants us to be focused on. It will keep us encouraged when we want to grumble and complain and give up. Uh, it's easy for us to, to look, or easy for me, I won't throw you in the same group, but it's easy for me to look at the scriptures and forget that a lot of times these were real people. It wasn't just a story. And so as I was driving in traffic, even today, I had a point where I, I took a wrong turn just coming from the office to the church here, and that wrong turn cost me 10 minutes. All I had to do was circle the block. But there was a street fair. And I, when I made the wrong turn, I couldn't go back. This is a one-way street. And I'm like, this stinks. This is going to take forever. And, you know, people are honking in front of me. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I got to go talk about how the Lord is my helper. And I'm stuck in traffic. I can't. <laughs> and I was like, how, how is he my helper in this moment? And one of the little the small things that God touched my heart is that, you know what? There are going to be times in life where... God's not going to miraculously part the waters or part the traffic. You're going to go through suffering. You're going to make wrong decisions, and you're going to suffer some consequences for it. But you can have peace with God, peace with yourself, as you go through those difficult times. That's the beauty of the gospel. It doesn't just remove every bad thing that comes our way, but it redeems them, and what was used for evil could be used for good. So I cranked up the music in that time, and I sang to the Lord, and I made the most of the time that God had given me to, um, to spend in that car by myself instead of here getting things started. In the same way, the people, as they were traveling from, uh, from their home to go and worship the Lord at this destination, it would be easy for them to be distracted. It would be easy for them to, to realize that this is harder than I thought it would be. The kids are 
dragging behind. You know, little Johnny is not eating. That was a popular Hebrew name was Johnny. You know, little, little Johnny's dragging behind, and he, he won't keep up, and, you know, they get sick, and they're like, this is too hard. Uh, why do we have to do this? This is crazy. And so they had these songs that would remind them of what they were doing. The very first verse of here uh, in this psalm says this. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. If you could put that verse up there. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Now, it's easy, or maybe not easy, but something we should understand here is that as Israel was traveling and they approached the, the hill of the Lord, which is a specific destination, they were going to worship him. But this first verse talks about, I lift up my eye to our eyes to the hills. And so it's plural. So as they're traveling in, there are all these other different hills that are around them. And those different hills, a, a lot of times, were false gods and nations that exalted false gods that were all around them. And so as they traveled, focused in to go to their one destination, they had all these other competing religions that were around them. And that could do two things to them. Number one, it could tempt them to find comfort and hope in something else. Well, maybe this is easier. Maybe this religion would be easier, and maybe that's the true answer, because this is really hard, and it's a, a long, narrow road for us to go. So it could, it could promise a false hope for them, because, whoa, those people look really happy. They look like they have it all together. But it could also do another thing. They could look at the same hill. Some people could look at the same hill, and they could say, I am fearful of this. What if they harm me? And so a lot of times we can look at what's happening in the world around us, and we could be tempted to to find our comfort in it. We could also be tempted to be fearful of it. And so neither one of those are the options that God wants to have for us. He doesn't want us to be intimidated and scared, and he certainly doesn't want us to be allured away from him to worship false gods. And so when we understand uh, who God is in this psalm and throughout the entirety of the Bible, what we're focusing on this one today, we're going to see three things about this Lord who is our helper that will help us understand what value we have in him. So if you'll uh, follow along with me here, you can write these things down in, uh, the, in your worship folder. There's a, a blank outline. Feel free to write these down if you wanted to help you remember throughout the week as you, as you look over this, as I'm sure all of you are going to do, right? So number one is this. Our helper, who's the Lord, is all-powerful. Our helper is all-powerful. There are a lot of problems in my life that I can't fix. There are a lot of issues in our world today that are just far beyond anything any of us can do to fix it. And it's easy for us to transfer our limitations over to God and think, well, God can't do that either. And so it's important for us to remember all the times that our God, our helper, our Lord is all powerful. He's not just a God, but he is the God. And let's look at Psalm uh, 121 verses 1 and 2 again. It starts out by saying, I lift my eyes to the hills. Remember those hills are competing hills to God's hill. And it says, where does my help come from? So as I look at all these things around me, where does my help come from? And he answers it here. My help comes from the Lord. And then he describes who the Lord is. The Lord who made heaven and earth. The word made here is also 
means created. And so God spoke and he caused this to be in existence, to be created by merely speaking his word. And so it's important for us to realize in the same way that we can find ourselves in the same situation as the Israelites did as they were traveling to the the hill of the Lord, that you and I are going to face the same thing where we're going to see competing religions. We're going to see different mentalities, different uh, principles that people are abiding by, and we're going to be tempted sometimes to say, that might be true. That looks better than what I believe. We're also going to, at times see those competing ideals and people that are uh, believing things counter to the gospel and we'll find ourselves being fearful. I shouldn't say anything because I'm fearful of what this might cost me. I, I should remove myself from this because I'm scared. So we can find ourselves looking at the competing things as a false hope or we can find them as an irrational fear in our lives that can cripple us. And what this is saying is that just like Israel and their trek, we are the same in, the, in regards to that our only hope, not just a hope that we have, but our only hope comes from the hill of the Lord. It comes in the same spot. Our hope is in not only just the hill of the Lord, but our hope is in the Lord who made the hill that is called the hill of the Lord. He's also the Lord of all the hills. He created everything. And just because people are claiming authority over it and worshiping something that is false over it doesn't mean that God is not still over it. He is all-powerful. And there is no other hill in the world besides the hill of the Lord that can rescue us and deliver us. And there is no other hill, this is important, in the world that can destroy us. God is all-powerful. He has the power to protect us. And many times we think that it's all over. There's nothing that can be done here. There's no hope, and we turn to fear. Or we can turn to something and say, finally, there's a, a new medical breakthrough, and we'll be saved from this disease. But if our hope is not in God ultimately, those will fail us. They will fall short. But when we look to the Lord we will not be disappointed because he is all-powerful. He's the creator of the world. The second one is this. Our helper, which is the Lord, or who is the Lord, never sleeps. Never sleeps. Now, to you and me, that might sound pretty bad because I like to sleep. I don't know about you. When I don't sleep, I get grumpy. Anybody with me on that? All right, a few honest people in here. I get grumpy when I don't sleep, but God gets glory because he doesn't. He's always awake. He's always aware of what's going on. He's never uninformed. He doesn't wake up and, and, and hit the news and go, oh man, all this happened while I was asleep? He's fully aware as to what's going on. Psalm 121 verses 3 and 4 reads this. He, referring to the Lord, will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor what? Sleep. This is good news. If you ever struggle with sleeping because you're worried and you're anxious about something, 
this is a fantastic psalm for you to keep preaching and preaching and preaching to yourself and studying and studying because the more you realize that God is going to handle your problems, that God's going to handle your worry, that he can fix what you can't fix, the more you're going to be able to sleep because you're going to be able to say, I can rest. I can go to sleep because, God, you're not going to. I don't have to be the hero because, Jesus, you already were. I can rest in the work that you have done. Rest in the awareness that God is aware of your problems. Many times we have problems in life and we continue to bring them before God. God, will you fix this? God, will you get me out of debt? God, will you uh, draw my wandering child back to you? God, will you give clarity to this person in their faith? God, will you do these things? And sometimes we can just keep going and asking the same thing over and over. Well, God heard you the first time. He heard you the very first time, and if you were in Christ, you were his child, you're not a beggar. You don't have to keep asking him over and over. Instead, shift your thoughts and start praising God that he heard you the first time. Thank you, God, that you're aware of my problems, and thank you that you, in your time, will answer. Thank you that you, in your time, you will come through. Thank you that you are aware of all of my issues, and thank you that you love me, and thank you that you don't sleep. That touches the heart of God when we praise Him and when we thank Him, even when we don't see how He's going to answer our prayer. We know that He loves us through what Christ has done for us. So thank Him for the help that's coming. And I encourage you to do that verbally, not just in your thoughts, because you need to hear those words. There's power in what we say. And so be careful not to um, be a person who only does criticism or complaints but you need to spend a lot of, actually, you don't have to do criticism and complaints ever, really. You can have constructive criticism. That would be good. Um, so, but, but be a person who is a person of faith that speaks hope into people and speaks hope to yourself in your prayers to God. Rejoice in the fact that our helper never sleeps. God is always aware. Number three is this. Our helper, who is the Lord, never fails. Our helper never fails. People, I mentioned this earlier um, before the sermon, a lot of times people let us down. They say they're going to do something for us, and then they don't. A lot of times we've let people down where we've said we would do something for them, and we end up not doing it. And I have bad news for you. Someone's going to let you down again. It may happen today. And you're going to let someone down too. But when the Lord is our helper and we're not having the hope be you or someone else, when our Lord is the helper, now we're putting our hope in someone who will never fail us, who will never let us down. And this is a powerful thing. Verse 5 of this psalm reads this. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will doesn't say might. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will. He will keep your life. The Lord will. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. And how long is He going to do this? From this time forth and forevermore. He will never fail you. He will come through for you. But bad things do happen, right? So how do we reconcile when bad things happen in our life where it feels like God is failing us 
Why did they cheat on me? Lord, it feels like you failed me here. We had a good thing, and they cheated on me. Lord, why did I get this diagnosis? Why did they die of cancer? Why can't I get along with my family? Why does Daniel preach so long? Sometimes things happen, right? And how do we reconcile the fact that the bad things in life happen and yet still say God doesn't fail us? And I think the answer is pretty simple. You and I wrongly think that this life is going to be the best thing for us. That this is the, uh, the ultimate. And we forget that this time that we're living in right now is a, is a time that is broken. And there are going to be effects of the fall and consequences of making wrong turns. And the biggest wrong turn was in the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned against God and it, it just created this huge chasm between God's crowning achievement of mankind, man and woman, and it created this gulf between God and and humans called sin, and it separated us. And so there's a, a cosmic, catastrophic effects that we're still living in today. And so we still live in a fallen world. However, what God has done is stepped down into this broken world and has become broken on our behalf through Christ. And now he has defeated death, and he has risen to reign in heaven and over earth. And now we, as his children, are empowered by his Holy Spirit. We are anointed. We are uh, given a special privilege to go out and to do the same thing. Not to be the Savior, but to preach the Savior and to pray the kingdom of God to keep breaking into this broken world. And so it's a monumental task, and it's one that we need to, uh, to be reminded of often because just like the, the people in Israel were, were heading on that trek to go and worship the Lord, it was tough. It wasn't easy for them. And our lives now aren't easy. We're going to suffer things in our lives that are going to just, they're, they're going to be terrible. We're going to grieve. But we don't grieve without hope because we know one day God is going to restore everything and make it brand new again. And we also know that right now God can do a recreation or he can create within us a new heart so that we are no longer corrupted by the world around us. But we are now filled with God's love and his Holy Spirit. And his help his uh, or our faith in him will never be disappointed even though we may not understand what he's doing God is dependable he is enduring he will from this time forth and forevermore he will keep your going out and your coming in he is ordaining your steps he wants to do amazing things through you he wants to do uh, restorative work through you to see people reconciled he wants to do these things and I believe and I believe the Bible teaches this too, that the main ingredient for us to start living in that way is our faith. If we are having our faith too much in the criticisms of the world and the problems and we're focusing on those things, then get used to that. Your life's going to stink. But if you're living a life where you're singing these songs that are about the faithfulness of God and the, the goodness of God and you're believing in God, then you can start to expect some things to start changing in your life. And circumstances may still be bad, but you're going to be different as you go through them. You're going to shine bright like a diamond. 
Couldn't resist. Sorry, I tried to get around it, but I just I had to go. So you're going to shine brightly with the glory of God as you go through these difficult times in your life, and people are going to notice something is different about you. What is it? And at that point, you're going to see, you're going to be able to tell them, my hope is in the Lord. My hope is in Him. Our despair over life is, is a real thing. Most of us have issues that we're anxious over, we worry about, and our despair over life would be the end of us. It will ruin us. It would be our demise if it were not for a cross that stood on one particular hill 2,000 years ago. What hill are you looking at in your life? If you're looking to that hill, you're going to see that Jesus climbed it for you. You're going to see that Jesus took the greatest obstacle in your life, the wrath of God for sin, the judgment of sin, and and he took it for you. You're going to see that Jesus, who was without sin, suffered greatly for our sin. He took every bit of it on that hill, and he did it so that he could bring us to God. Not for us to earn it by walking to a certain spot, so that he would bring us to God. The Lord is my helper. I want you to remember that you are not alone when you are surrendered to the Lord Jesus. When you are turning to him for help, you are not alone. alone. He can solve any problem in your life. He's always available. And here's the cool thing. He always wins. He never, dis- he, he never loses in anything. He always wins. And so the question that we have to be asking ourselves as we continue on our journey like Israel was going to worship the Lord, as we continue along our journey of life, what hill are we going to be looking at? Where are we going to be finding our hope? What Jesus does when we turn to him is he gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. It's the kind of peace that we can go through whatever happens in our lives. The good and the bad. The good won't corrupt us and the bad won't corrupt us either. It won't make us despondent and lose hope. He gives us the peace and he strips away any false assurances because he says, listen, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. And it is a good, kind, gracious thing that Jesus did for us by saying he's the only way. We may be struck down in this life, but we will not be destroyed. In the shadow of the cross, every affliction that tries to drain the joy from our lives that is trying to tear us down in the shadow of the cross, all of those things will be used instead to strengthen our faith. Your trouble that you're going through now is real. And God does not dismiss it easily. He knows what you're going through. He knows the anxieties you have, the worries, the problems. But God is going to strengthen your faith because today, I believe, you're going to look to the hill of the Lord. And you're going to say, God, I trust you. I'm going to hope in the hill of Jesus. 
I'm going to look away from the false hope around me and the hills that are competing. I'm going to look away from the fears around me because I know that they are not all powerful like you. And I am going today to turn my focus again to the hill of Calvary. The Lord is your helper. Use this, ver- uh, use this psalm. Learn it. Pour over it and preach this to yourself. You will not be disappointed. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us reason to hope today. Thank you that you are the one on whom we can trust everything. And Lord, I praise you for being the God who has entered into our brokenness, who has acknowledged it and hasn't dismissed it and hasn't just left us to suffer our own consequences. But Lord, you have come in as our rescuer and our redeemer, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.